glad you joined us for New Hope's Sermon of the Week. For more resources, be sure to contact newhopecom.org. We hope you enjoy this week's message. We're going to be talking about something that we haven't shared a lot here uh, in, in many years. And I have never done a series on this yet, That's, although it's been in my heart for quite a while. So we've decided to call this series Unbroke, Breaking the Financial Barrier. Yeah. Um, I think uh, churches you know, have an interesting way. We either don't talk about money or people are very uncomfortable about it. Uh, or we go way over in the other direction and it's all name it, claim it, grab it and blab it. You know, we're not going to be doing that, um, but I think it's something that we need to be talking about, the finances and how it relates to the kingdom of God, because it impacts every one of our lives every, every day, every minute. Um, so it's not something that we should be sheepish about talking about. Um, so I'm just going to say right out of the gate here, money is a tool, it's a blessing. It's, it's not a curse. Poverty is a curse. Right? I have been to foreign nations. Joy and I, our first missions trip, we went to Mexico. We saw extreme poverty. One of the days we went and actually ministered in a garbage dump and there were people living in it. It was very sad. Last year I was in Egypt, saw extreme poverty there. Uh, you know, it's very sad to see a nation that's got a lot of potential, but it's ruled by one very wealthy person or a family and then the whole rest of the nation is in poverty. It's a curse. It's a curse for the nation. So uh, money is a tool. Poverty is not a blessing. Money actually helps us live a better life. There, I said it. Okay, can we be honest? Money helps us live a better life. It's not a horrible thing. And by it, we can make a difference and actually be world changers. We can accomplish what God has called us on earth to do. We need resources to accomplish that. Um, so I'm going to be real clear, too, what my intentions are for this series um, and let me just say, too, before, right out of the gate, there's no shame in anything you hear. The goal isn't to feel bad or to feel shame or what I have done or what I haven't done right or, gosh, I wish I could have done things differently. You know, that is not the point of this. It's really about, like, today moving forward. Good. Every one of us can make changes starting today. Good. His mercies are new every morning. Yeah. So the goal is we should be inspired when we're hearing this and not feel the opposite. That is not my intention. But I will tell you what my intentions for the series are and what my personal goals are is to see people break free from poverty mindsets or limiting beliefs that hinder. Okay? None of us want to have a poverty mindset in life. And you can have a poverty mindset and it doesn't have to be just about money. It can be about a lot of other things. It can be time, I never have enough time. You know, it's like you're under this constant pressure, poverty mindset of time. Um, so uh, my intention is to see people break free from any poverty mindset, limiting belief, and get in control of your finances. Get dominion over your finances. You know, it doesn't control us. We control it. And we use it for our intentions. You know, we're not supposed to live a life that's out of control or we feel like we're just getting hit from all different sides. My other intention is to see, I'm just going to be very honest, to see us at New Hope go to an entirely new level, breaking through our own financial barriers. I, I'm expecting to see explosive generosity and explosive growth. Uh, when I start to share some of this stuff, you're going to be inspired, and you're going to see it. 
Uh, and if you haven't been part of this journey of generosity and giving and sowing, you're going to want to be part of it because it is a blessed life. It's a promise. So everything I'm going to be going through is going to be right out of the Bible. It's going to be biblical. Uh, I will show that and I will point that out. There's a lot of things about finances and money and even very wealthy schemes that aren't biblical. And we don't want to make our riches apart from the blessing of God. We want to build wealth. And that's a kingdom mindset is to build wealth. Okay? So we're going to go through there. So we want to see everything go to a whole new level. You know, it starts with us as individuals. The church is just a group of individuals. We all make up a family. If we start getting this stuff, this place goes to a whole new level and we can accomplish what God has called us to do as a family. And there are some big things I'm going to be sharing that God has called us to be. Uh, An apostolic center. You're going to be hearing about more and more stuff happening here over the years going forward. People coming in from all over to be here. I'll share more on that. But it's really good. So I just want to, my heart is that there's no shame. We are learning and growing. Can we just all say that we are on a journey of learning and growing? Okay? We are on a journey of learning and growing. We are all somewhere on this journey. We're somewhere on the continuum. There's a lot here that they got this, what I'm going to be sharing. You know, you've got it. You've been demonstrating this stuff for years. Some haven't and maybe haven't heard it. Um, But wherever you are, we can grow and we can develop. You know, so, okay? I will always believe that. So I want to just go right at some things real hard. As my friend Will says, I want to swing at this one hard. So right out of the gate, I'm going to hit a few barriers and break a few myths, okay? Um, I would call them myths. I've called them barriers, but... You know, barriers are a funny thing because they're not imposed on anybody but ourselves. These are mental barriers or they're barriers in our own heart. Uh, Nobody told us these things, but these are things that we have either bought into and we are playing out of memory um, and we don't even realize it. So part of what I want to do this morning is to shake us loose from that. You need sometimes a good slap, a good course correct to get out of a way of thinking. So uh, I want to talk about this first one. Is a, this is a barrier in our mind, and I see this a lot in churches. Money is bad. It's evil. Money is bad. Well, it's not. The truth is money is a tool, and it's a blessing. And it's the love of money that is the root of all sorts of evil. First Timothy 6 talks about that. It doesn't say money is the root of all sorts of evil. It says the love of money. If our lives are just oriented in going after money for the sake of money, then we're going to experience a lot of evil. It's the root of all sorts of evil. But money isn't. Money is a tool. Okay? So, and here's the funny thing, is by believing that money is bad or having a negative attitude towards it, you deny yourself access to it. You start to play out of your own belief system and you do things that are actually self-destructive financially. So that's why it's important that we can't be thinking like this. If money is bad and I just, I'm just not into money, money's not my thing, and yeah, it's like, okay, I, I just do this. Well, that's great, except now you've probably cut yourself off to access for opportunities and blessing that could be coming your way. So we want to like hit that thing hard and we want to dislodge that out of our mind and out of our thinking. And sometimes, I don't really understand it, sometimes it's jealousy. We have something in our culture today that has like a, suspicion of anybody who's rich or has money and it's like this poverty thinking in this generation of well you know if everything's the evil pharmaceutical companies everything is the government's problem They're, they've made me and how i am 
It's not true. It, it's like a, it's a thinking problem. Money isn't bad. Those who are wealthy are not all evil. It's, you know, it's, it's not a good way of thinking. It's actually a victim mindset that we take on that keeps us stuck in this poor place. Um, so a belief system that actually repels money is a result of that belief, that deeply held belief. I think one of the greatest voices over the last 20 years has been Robert Kiyosaki. If anyone read the book Rich Dad, Poor Dad? It, it's probably one of the best mind-shifting books. Uh, it's filled with kingdom principles. I don't know if he's a believer. Um, but this is one of the things he said. The main cause of poverty or financial struggle is fear and ignorance, not the government or the rich. It's self-inflicted fear and ignorance that keeps people trapped. Now, you know, ignorance, you know, is not like a horrible thing. People aren't willfully always trying to be ignorant. But here's the point of what we're doing today is to kind of bring this stuff out. We, we don't want to live in fear and ignorance. Let's understand what the Bible says about money and about wealth building, and let's start living according to that, like starting from today. You know, we can get out of that trap. But I, I love that quote. I think it's so powerful. The main cause of poverty or financial struggle is fear and ignorance, not the government or the rich. It's self-inflicted fear and ignorance that keeps people trapped. We don't have to stay there. That's the beauty. His mercy is new every morning. It's so good. Okay, we got that one. Let's go to barrier number two. This is a funny one in the churches. I think a lot of it in very liberal theological circles, this is like a prevalent one for some reason, and they're all poor, so it's no surprise. It's more holy to be poor. Like, we feel like there's this thing that it's more holy to be poor, more scriptural to be poor. Well, I don't see that in the Bible. The Bible, here's the truth, the Bible promotes wealth, inheritance, and generosity. It doesn't promote get-rich-quick schemes, in you know, stealing or getting your inheritance early. It talks negatively about those things. But it does promote wealth, prosperity, inheritance, and generosity. That's the truth. And I think we can look at God's blessing to Abraham and we can see that his blessing to Abraham was to make him wealthy and was to make him prosperous, that he'd be a blessing and he'd fill the whole earth. And he was that. So that's a great thing. Solomon is another great example. Uh, that is talked about favorably all over. That wisdom, people came from all over the world to see him and to meet with him. He had influence. I want to read a little bit about Deuteronomy 28. Uh, when you start to understand, now we don't live under the old covenant, but it did give us a glimpse of what was to come. And I think it's powerful to understand what God's intentions were for the people of Israel. That they were to look differently. They were going to be a nation holy and set apart to him. And it was going to look different purposely from everybody else in the world so that they could identify and mirror a good God and a good father. So this is what was spoken in Deuteronomy 28. It's, it's so powerful. This is part of the promises that God was speaking. All these blessings will come upon you and overtake you if you obey the Lord your God. It talks about, um, Blessed shall be your basket in your kneading bowl. Blessed shall you be when you come in, and blessed shall you be when you go out. Uh, the Lord will command the blessing upon you and your barns and in all that you put your hand to. And he will bless you in the land in which the Lord your God gives you. The Lord will make you abound in prosperity in the offspring of your body and the offspring of your beast and in the produce of your ground wow. in the land which the Lord swore to your fathers to give you. 
The Lord will open for you his good storehouses, the heavens, to give rain to your hand. And you shall lend to many nations, but you shall not borrow. The Lord will make you the head and not the tail. And you will, not, you will only be above and you will not be underneath. If you listen to the commandments of the Lord your God, which I charge you today, and don't turn aside from my words. You know, that does give us a glimpse. You know, we're, we're under a new covenant now that's between God and Jesus. Jesus is the mediator of this covenant. So we're not under just all of the blessings and cursings of the old covenant. That was old. It says in Hebrews that it was fading away, that we, we don't have that anymore. But we can look at it and see what God's intentions were. And you know, God still blesses you when you follow his word. And when you do what's right and you act righteously before him, there are kingdom principles that God instilled in the world that still apply. Laws of sowing and reaping that were earthly laws that God instilled into creation, that when we follow those principles, even if you're not a believer, there's still the, the law of sowing and reaping. You know, you, you reap what you sow. If you sow nothing, you're going to reap nothing. If you sow bitterness, you're going to reap bitterness. If you sow finances, you're going to reap finances. It's a great thing. So that's that. Um, so that gives us a picture in Deuteronomy 28 under in the Old Testament of what God intended for his people to look like. Okay? Proverbs 10.22 to this point says, The blessing of the Lord brings wealth, and he adds no trouble to it. The blessing of the Lord brings wealth. You know, when we are following the Lord, when we listen to his word, when we really seek to know what God is saying, when we sacrifice, when we love, God adds wealth, and he doesn't add sorrow to it. There's no curse, you know, with wealth when we do it the Lord's way. And I'm going to share next week more about what wealth building looks like in the kingdom. Uh, barrier number three. I love this one. I don't have the ability to, to make money. This is a mindset that I think we often think of, I just, I don't have what it takes. You know, I think that's a barrier, and I think that's a limiting belief that we need to identify. We wouldn't usually come out and say that, right? I mean, we're not going to come out and say that. But sometimes we have that. Well, I just got to settle with what I have because I'm not going to be able to move any farther than this point. I've got to stay working 90 hours a week because that's all I have right now. Those are limiting beliefs. It's, you actually have the ability to do more than that. You don't have to live under that. So the truth is that anyone can learn a handful of principles that will lead you to a prosperous life, avoiding major pitfalls. And I'm serious when I mean a handful of principles. It, it, you, you, could, you could be very expansive. I'm not a registered investment advisor or wealth advisor, you know, but there are, if you just learn some of the things to not do, you're already so much farther ahead in life. You know, just there's a handful of things I think if we do and we learn, we look at what the Word of God says that um, we're going to avoid major pitfalls. Barrier number four. This is a big one. Barrier number four. I have to make a lot of money before I can give or sow. I think this is a big one in, in our young, younger generation. I'm just not ready. I don't. I got school debt. I got this. I got that. It's, it's, you feel trapped. I, I can't do anything. But that's a limiting belief. That's actually a lie. And you're believing a lie. And it's keeping you trapped in where you're at right now. The truth is, is that generosity is progressive. It's not something you just start immediately and like you ramp up into this huge lifestyle. It's a way of thinking. It's a way of lifestyle. 
It's, it's a heart attitude that's yeah. developed over time. But it starts very practically. And it can start today, and it can start now. Sacrifice costs something. It impacts our lifestyle. Giving and sowing should impact your lifestyle. You have to make decisions about what you're going to buy or not buy based on what you're giving and sowing. If it doesn't cost you something, it's not sacrifice. We have a generation that immediately in their 20s and 30s, and I'm still in my 30s, so I can say this, I'm barely in there. I'm hanging on for dear life. I hope this year goes so slow. I won't give, say any more. Uh, but, you know, we have a generation that in their 30s wants to live like their parents in their 50s and 60s. Or in their 20s, we want to look like our parents in our 50s and 60s. And we want to drive the same vehicles. We want to have the same house. We want to have everything. Well, you know, t for them to get to that point, it took wealth building. It took good principles. They didn't just start off with a huge house. They started off with a house, and then they upgraded at some point if they needed more space. You know, so, um, yeah. There were sacrifices that the generation before us made to get to the point that they're at now. We're not meant to be there right yet, you know. Uh, I often say this, that generosity is a symptom of a renewed mind. It talks about the renewed mind in Christ. If you really want to know, is your mind being renewed? Are you thinking differently? Look at your pocketbook. Are you giving? Are you sowing? Are you being generous? You know, that is a symptom of a renewed mind. Jesus said it was better to give than to receive. Uh, I mean, that, that's a biblical concept. It's better to give than to receive. I think it was Jesus who said that. <laughs> Someone said it. But it was profound. <laughs> Didn't write that in one of my notes. I stepped out on a limb. Um, so that's it. So generosity is a symptom of a renewed mind. Renewed mind. The widow's might, you know, we talk about like, oh, she just gave what she had. You know what she did was she risked something. She gave and she risked, knowing that she probably didn't have a lot more, but she was sowing and giving. And that's what Jesus was talking about with her. It wasn't just, you know, that she gave a little. She stepped out in faith. She took risk. That's the point of that story. I want to, on that note, uh, part of what I want to do through this time is to share testimonies from people that I've been hearing is even as I've been preparing this, people come up to me and said, oh, I'm so glad you're talking about it. We haven't heard this in a long time. And uh, so I've been collecting and starting to listen to people that had testimonies. So I want us to, if we can, bring the lights down, play the quick testimony here from Jonathan, which was real powerful. Different ways of thinking. You're going to start hearing uh, different thought processes. Hey, New Hope family. Jonathan Welton here. I'm on the road somewhere, so I filmed this for you. Um, since we're talking about kingdom finances over the next few weeks, I wanted to share uh, some of my own story and testimony of what I've seen the Lord do with money in my history with the Lord. And so... Um, I was remembering the other day that years ago, about 15 years ago, when I was working as a lifeguard at the RIT Inn and Conference Center uh, on West Henrietta Road, right here in Henrietta, I actually um, got this principle in my head. And as simply put, uh, if, if from Malachi 3 it talks about how when we tithe, it rebukes the devourer. So I thought, okay, if we give 10% of our income it protects 100% of our harvest. So that principle from the Old Covenant, I grabbed onto that and I said, okay, so if I were to plant a plant and I was to get 100 sunflower seeds as my harvest, I need to take 10 sunflower seeds and plant them again, 
to get a hundred more. So the 10 is connected to the hundred. So then I started to think, well, strategically, what if I got my hundred flower seeds, sunflower seeds, and I were to plant 15 of them? Well, then next time I would get 150 sunflower seeds. So now I'm planting, I'm sowing based on what I want to reap. So I got strategic in this thinking, and it's not meant to be something uh, uh, strong-armed or whatever, but it's, it's strategic. If you're wise, you will hear what I'm saying and take this principle and run with it because sowing brings reaping. And so I would encourage you to give based on what you want to earn. Give on that. Uh, I actually, my experience with it is I did that and I, I started giving uh, around 50% of my income. This is before I was married and I was gonna go after this principle. And I remember about uh, two years later, I, I had, was in a different job. I was actually, uh, had started my roofing company. And I remember looking at a check one week and I began to weep because I realized I actually was earning based on what I had been investing two years earlier, week after week, consistently believing. And part of it, you know, I had gotten my degree in, in biblical studies and I thought, how will I ever make uh, the money? I guess I'll have to sow this and believe God that he will find a way to reap this back in my life. And he is faithful and he did. So grab this strategy and make a decision to actually invest in sowing into the kingdom based on what you want to actually reap from the kingdom. It's gonna be amazing, and I'm excited to hear your story as you take this up. Bless you guys, have a great Sunday. All right. Isn't that good? That's yeah, cool. Good. You know, it's st stuff really works. <laughs> um, last, I'll just tell a couple of funny stories. Um, here, here, I've been preparing this message for weeks, weeks and weeks, months. It's been in my heart and my spirit since last year, right? I mean, so I felt the release from the Lord to do it. Last week, um, Joy and I were uh, at another church. We were at Life Center down in, in Harrisburg, PA, and they were doing a big offering that Sunday. So we said to each other, well, you know, we sow into our church here, family, but you know what, we're going to sow into this, and so we're going to bless this place. They've been a blessing to us. You know, they send people up here and they speak. So we did. We wrote a check. We were generous. We sewed into that work. I went up, and the way they had done it was they had everybody go up front and put money into baskets, and then the, you know, you know all this stuff. It was pretty fun. I came back. As I didn't even get back to my seat yet, and one of the lead pastors walks over and hands a check to Joy and I. Like, I mean, <laughs> we're like, uh, okay, like written out to us. I mean, we were just there to watch the, the, the day, you know. I, we weren't expecting anything. So, um, so, I mean, it's just like God knows when you step out in faith. You know, these miraculous stories happen all the time. So, not only, and this is just craziness. This is just how God is. And so, we sowed that on Sunday. Monday, I go into work, and a CFO of my company, if you don't know, I, I don't work full-time for the church. I work for a consulting company that works with companies in Rochester. My CFO called and said, hey, we found uh, a certain amount of money that you were short paid on last year from a bonus from a client situation. We had coded it wrong in the system. It was almost the exact amount of money that we had sowed the day before. I mean, it's like, I'm just telling you, it's like you, you cannot make this stuff up. You get, once you get in the flow of what generosity is like, you just, this stuff, you start to expect it. In fact, I share it with Joy, and she's like, Do you, wait, stop a second. Did you hear what you just said? Do you realize that we sowed something yesterday? I like don't even put it together. Like she has to say, that was God 
responding to what we had done just out of obedience. Friday, now keep in mind, I have this message in my spirit to share with you. Um, And then Friday, literally at the end of the day, we get a resolution on an issue, a client, that we had been, I wasn't even honestly aware of, because I'm really focused on this year, not what we did three years ago. But three years ago, we had sold a very large deal uh, to a client, a system, and um, we had been short paid on a portion of that for whatever reason. It got, we didn't know why, but it was like three years we'd been chasing it down without me really knowing or paying attention to it. Our finance team does that. So on Friday, I get a call that says, we got resolution from it. Actually, it's going to be in your check next Friday. It was many times the amount that we had given that Sunday before. Very significant amount. And I'm just like laughing. I'm like, okay, this stuff was totally off of my radar. I mean, I'm not sitting around thinking about this stuff, but this is like, I'm sharing that with you not to boast brag. The point is, this is how God does stuff in the kingdom of God. It's, it's supernatural. It just is. You know? Supernatural stuff. Uh, we're going to talk more about that. The giving is supernatural. Um, but it's pretty fun to watch and be part of. Um, do you know that God actually wants us to prosper in all areas? Um, I want to look at uh, 3 John verse 1 and 2, and I have a slide for this, guys. The scripture is this, Beloved, I pray in all respects that you may prosper and be in good health, just as your soul prospers. That was John, the heart of a father, saying to them, I pray in all respects that you prosper. That's, that's a father's intention for their kids, is I want you to succeed. I want you to prosper in life. I want you to enjoy. I want you to have a good life. That was the heart of a father, John saying that, that in all respects that we're called to prosper and be in health just as our soul prospers. What is a prosperous soul? What does it mean? Well, I love this definition that Harold Everly has shared with us. Um, a prosperous soul is this, to have within oneself the faith, truth, correct thinking, perspective, and attitudes which produce success in life. That is, if, you, if we can get just that, your life will hugely change. Uh, there's a reason why, you know, we get tired of hearing motivational speakers, but even motivational speakers that aren't believers, you can go to them and learn and have your life changed because they're talking about this. They have within themselves the truth, correct thinking, perspective, and attitudes that produce success in life. If you just align there, you're already ahead. You know, but God, how much more with Jesus in us should we be demonstrating that? You know, we're not negative. We're not, you know, bitter towards people. You know, we're not stingy with our money and our resources. That's not correct thinking. So if we can get that part right, we're on our path in a wonderful journey of developing within us a prosperous soul. So be careful what you listen to. Be careful what music you listen to. Be careful what you fill your mind with. Uh, I shared a few weeks ago, I don't listen to talk radio. It, it's, it's, it's absolutely bubblegum for the mind. I know someone made fun of me last time I said that, but it's true. You learn nothing, and it's one side, and you don't hear both sides. You, you're, you're, they're paid to reach out to a constituent group. You have to know that. You know, it, you're not going to learn anything. I don't think it produces healthy attitudes and correct thinking. Big media is big business, and you have to know that when you're listening and you're watching it. There's advertisers behind it. You know, there's a reason why when, you know, someone says something you don't like, all the advertisers threaten to pull out their money. Well, they said something I didn't agree with. Well, now the station has to orient themselves to one listener. You know, we we just have to know that type of stuff. So listening to that, 
doesn't always produce within yourself a prosperous soul. So be careful what you listen to. Be careful what you watch, who you hang out with. You know, there's an old saying, you know, that wealthy people know you're the sum of your top five friends. You're the sum of the top five people you hang out with. If you're always hanging out with people who are negative, you're going to start to be negative. If you hang out with people who are successful, who are encouraging, who are moving forward in life, you're going to start doing that. That's what happens. So, you know, all of that stuff helps us produce a prosperous soul. I want to also talk about this. So when I think of, I'm going to be contrasting a little bit what a poverty spirit is versus a prosperous spirit. And honestly, I would call it almost a mentality as much as I would a spirit. We blame a lot of things on spiritual things that aren't spiritual. Sometimes it's our own thinking. So I like to call it more so a poverty mentality and a prosperous mentality, okay? So I'm going to compare these. So a couple years ago, Joy and I were in San Francisco, and we were driving. We had anyone gone to see the Muir Woods, Muir Woods yeah. Redwood Forest? It was fantastic. We were there with her cousin, and we were driving back. We almost got stuck in the woods because we didn't get out in time. It got dark. We were running out of there. Like, we didn't want to spend the night in the Redwood Forest. It was cold. So we got out of there. We started driving back to his, his place in San Francisco, and you drive along Pacific Coast Highway, which is a fantastic road, right? I mean, maybe one of the best. Um, so <laughs> we're driving back, and the, the way you have to go is along the coast, and it's like all these switchbacks all the way back home. And you're like, and then you're doing this wide turn, and then you're going around. And it's like, after a while, I'm like, I am starting to feel so sick. I was getting so nauseous, and we have the most beautiful view on the side of us that I love. I love travel. I love seeing beautiful places. I could not enjoy it. I was just starting to get sick. I felt sick for three days afterwards. I don't know what happened. I don't usually get motion sickness, but on Pacific Coast Highway, on the most beautiful street in the U.S., I like, was just like looking de dead ahead. I'm trying to sit in the middle. They know I'm feeling queasy, and I'm like, oh, guys, I've got to sit in the middle, or I'm going to throw up. So, um, so to me, that's kind of like what a poverty mentality is. You know, you're on the ride, and you can't enjoy it. You're on the ride and you're so focused on where you are right here that you can't see the beauty and the opportunities that are on the side of you. you know? uh, or contrast it with this, a car that is driving down a road filled with potholes. I've done that before. In this weather, I mean, isn't there like awful potholes and you really feel like a victim to the road? I've hit some horrible ones. I'm like, this must have done damage to my car and somehow it hasn't. Um, but you know, picture a driver on a road filled with potholes and you're just one after another and just like, you, you can't even enjoy what's going on because you're so focused. You just feel like everything's coming at you from all sides and you can't even see hardly straight, let alone what's happening on the sides of you. That's like uh, what happens when we have a poverty mentality and we don't realize it. We're not making a choice to do that, but we're stuck in a wrong thinking pattern. So a prosperous mentality, I contrast with like, have you ever seen on Facebook, where they have these drones flying down, you know, the, the cliffs in Norway, or they pick the most unbelievable location to put a drone up, and it's got like high-def video footage, and you can see the expansiveness of what's underneath you. You know, picture you're flying over the mountain, right off the cliff, you've got all these trees, it's so super green, it looks amazing, and you can see things out in front of you. Uh, you can see an expansiveness uh, you're not just like stuck right here, what is right in front of you, but you, you can see things out in the future. You can see in advance. That's kind of like what a prosperous mentality is like. 
You've got stuff out in front of you. You have control and dominion over life, and, and life doesn't have dominion over you. So, you know, that's kind of the best way that I can really describe it. But I put together this here to show us. A poverty spirit or a mentality is like you always feel like you're swimming upstream. You're swimming up against the current. It's hard. Like the salmon runs. Man, those salmon are like incredible. You know, just to swim thousands of miles to go die, you know, it's so, so bizarre. Or get eaten by bears along the way or whatever, you know. It's like, yeah, it's so brutal. But I think prosperous spirit is like you're, you feel like you're in the flow of God's favor and blessing. You're not swimming up against the current. It's like, you know, you're, you're in it. You're in it. You're in the ride. doesn't mean there's no challenges in life. There is. But you overcome them, and then you get through on the other side. You're in the flow of God's blessing. Poverty spirit believes that God wants life to be hard. Sometimes we have this mentality, well, oh, boy, I was raised early on as a Christian, and, man, life was tough. You know, it's supposed to be hard, and I got to carry my cross, and y'all's stuff, er, you know. That you believe in depth that God meant life to be hard. And then we go right to Paul the Apostle. Well, look what Paul went through. Well, you're not Paul, okay? You're, you're not an apostle launching the early church, you know, so if you want to use that analogy. So we believe, uh, have a belief that life, God wants life to be hard. But a prosperous spirit believes, or a prosperous mentality, that God is good. That, like Ralph was talking about last week, he's our true compass, he's our true north. That God is good, and he's a good father, and he's a God of abundance. What father doesn't want their children to enjoy life and to have a freedom in their life where they can make choices? Poverty mentality sees lack and never enough. You always feel like you, you don't have enough. The minute that you, you know, get a few dollars in your savings account, your car breaks down. And, you know, it's like you're in this perpetual cycle of struggle. But a prosperous spirit in thinking sees abundance, and you learn to see opportunities that are in front of you. You know that God is a God of abundance, so when you don't have it, you declare, God, you're a God of abundance. I don't understand what's happening right now, but I know who you are. You're a good father. So what are you calling us to do? How are you calling us to partner with you in this? And they see opportunities. A poverty mentality or spirit believes that life is a constant struggle. Kind of goes with that second one, believe life wants to be hard. But life is a, a constant struggle, and actually you're called to struggle, and it's normal. Prosperous mentality believes that actually life is good, and it's an adventure filled with good things and opportunities, challenges, taking risks, yes, all that stuff, getting hurt from time to time, yes, but life is overall, it's good, and it's an adventure. A poverty mentality believes that money is the boss of me. Money directs me, and, you know, and I never have enough to give or to do this because I have this situation and that situation. No, we're not a victim to our choices. We're in the situation that we're in because of choices, so we need to make choices sometimes to get out. We are, money is not, should not be the boss of us. A prosperous mentality believes that I am the boss of my money. I direct where it goes, and I have influence, and I have dominion over my finances and my money. You know, I'm not some victim controlled by my bills. And, and legitimately, you might be in that situation, but that's not God's will for you to stay there. So it's like start working on getting out of that, and there's lots of resources to help with that. But I'm talking about the mentalities here. Poverty mentality holds on to money. It hoards. You never have enough, but you hold on to it all anyways. What if you started thinking like a prosperous person and sowing and starting to give generously? 
Watch the transformation that happens in your life. We're going to be sharing more testimonies of that, but I love Jonathan's analogy, just a whole different take on it of sowing and reaping. That's a biblical principle. That's beautiful. So, um, so does that make sense? Is that resonating? Our goal is to be on the right side. And we're going to be talking next week about what that looks like, what, what it means when God is a God of abundance. What are some practical things that we can do to start aligning ourselves there? My goal for this week was to be exposing so that it can be exposed and get rid of a poverty mindset that holds us back. You may be hearing this stuff and saying, okay, well, financially I'm generous, I'm sowing, I'm building for the future, uh, but time, I feel like I have a poverty mentality when it comes to my time or to myriad of other different things. This applies to anything like that in life. You know, we can be, you know, we can be like, uh, time is the boss of me. Well, I'm controlled by everything I'm doing. I have no free time to do anything. Well, that's not true. You're supposed to have dominion over your time, too. And, and, and you know, we don't want to have a poverty mentality about that. We're the boss of our money. We're the boss of our time. You know, obviously, we're surrendered to the Lord. We're living out of that place, stewarding the things that he's given us to steward. But he's given us dominion over what we're in control of, right? Uh, it's a powerful thing to really understand and get your mind around. Okay? So next week, um, I want to do an activation here to close, but we're going to be talking about what it looks like from starting from a place of seeking first the kingdom, bringing your finances under his lordship. What does that look like? Get, getting control of your money and you deciding where it goes. We're going to talk about practical steps, building finances on a good foundation. Um, we're going to talk about uh, explaining, this is a, a huge one, and I'm going to show, you've probably never seen this in a church before, but we're going to do it. I'm going to put up some graphs on there, and I'm going to show some very important things about the relationship between time and money. And I shared it in my video. The one thing that I mentioned is the one thing that everyone reminds me of that I mentioned in my video. But uh, if you understand the relationship between time and money, um, you actually realize that God made it to be easier than we thought. Like, it is a beautiful thing. We're going to talk about what Einstein called the eighth wonder of the world. It's a wonderful thing. Um, we're going to talk about generosity. We're going to be sharing examples. And our, our, our whole heart here is to orient ourselves to get dominion over our money, to live from a place of generosity, and step into that freedom. Yeah. It was really freedom. It's exciting. Here's something that I'm going to share before we pray, too. So, you know, it's fun to, like, hear all this stuff, and, you know, but we're actually going to do something very practical. We felt the Lord leading us to do this. Um, two weeks from today, we're calling it Breakthrough Sunday, and uh, our heart there is to, you know what, let's do something different. Um, you know, we're going to do something, we are going to take an offering, and we are going to be, we're designing envelopes and things, we're going to be putting something out before the Lord that we're looking for breakthrough in. And we're going to sow into that like a first fruits offering. You know, there's a reason that God told the Israelites to take your first fruits and sow it. You know, we, we do our last fruits if there's anything usually last in our, in our culture. Like if there's anything left over, I'm going to sow that. You know, it's like, but God said, no, do, take your first fruits before you pay your other stuff. Invest in the kingdom of God. So we're going to be doing this. It's a break called Breakthrough Sunday. We're believing for major breakthroughs, miracles, supernatural breakthrough that as we put this thing out before the Lord, and this is going to be a separate offering we're going to do at the end of the service, 
Uh, it, it's above our normal giving and Project Hope or whatever. We're going to take something. We're going to risk. We're going to step out in faith. We're going to put that thing out before the Lord, and we're going to write something on there that we're believing for breakthrough in. Um, how many know that you're going to experience big breakthrough this year? I can promise you that. Like, it's exciting. Uh, this place is going to experience big breakthrough as we start to get this stuff into our spirits and start growing and even and going deeper in it. But that's in two weeks. We'll share more about what that's going to look like practically next week. Uh, but in two weeks from today is, is Breakthrough Sunday. Um, I think that no matter where you are in the kingdom, that we are always breaking through new barriers or new levels of thinking or breaking through to new victories. You know, not even just all barriers. Sometimes just victory. You're going from glory to glory to glory in the kingdom of God. So we're going to break through together, and it's going to be a lot of fun. Um, so yeah, that's that. So why don't you stand with me? I've been doing all the talking. <laughs> if you want to, we're going to pray. And I'm going to lead us in just some prayers. And it's a beautiful thing. You know, repentance, you know, is, we used to think, oh, such a heavy-handed thing. Repentance means changing your mind. It means changing your thinking. It means taking a different course. So we're actually going to do some things this morning. Not everyone might apply to you, but if it doesn't, just pray it on behalf of the church and around yeah. those around you or yeah. whatever. Just step into it. Um, our heart is that we, that we repent, that where we need a course correct, today is the day to do a course yeah. correct. When there was wrong thinking, let's not let's talk about it for six months and weep about it. Let's change it today. Let's like literally have a major breakthrough. You know, I, my heart is, I hope that we're inspired. You know, inspired means in the spirit. When God inspires you with something or a new idea, it's often the Holy Spirit in you. That word inspired comes from that word. So it's going to be really good. So that's good. All right, you can crank up the music, yeah. Brian. I'm barely even here. This is going to be good. Yeah. We're going to pray through this stuff together. Thank you, Lord. Lord, we declare first off that you're a good God, that you're a good Father, that you're a God of abundance, that you have such great love for us. And Lord, even right now, and just repeat this after me, I repent of believing that money is bad. Lord, we say that money is a tool and a blessing. And I open myself up to it. In Jesus' name. Lord, I repent for believing that it's more holy to be poor. And today, I declare wealth, inheritance, and generosity, generosity over my life. Over my life. Lord, I repent, Lord, I repent of believing that I don't have the ability, have the ability to, make money. to make money. And today, today I, open up my heart. I open up my heart, I open up my mind, up my mind. To, learn to learn and to grow, to grow. and to go to a whole new level. Lord, I repent of believing that I have to make a lot of money before I can give. And today, I declare 
the generosity is a part of who I will be. I'm walking in a new way. Starting today. In Jesus' name. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Now I want to do some personal declarations. We're going to declare these over our lives, okay? So it's going to be everything I. So I'm going to just kind of get us started here with this. Um, I declare that I am in the flow of God's favor and goodness over my life. I'm not swimming upstream. I'm not called to always have to go against a current, but I'm swimming in the flow of your favor over my life. I declare that you are good, that you are a good father that wants to bless me. Today, I declare that I am opening up myself to abundance and opportunities that you have right in front of me. I declare a new openness to financial opportunities in Jesus' name. I declare that life is good and an adventure an adventure of generosity. I declare that I am the boss of my money. And you've called me to have dominion over my finances. And today, I step into that place of stewarding your riches stewarding the king's wealth. And today I commit to sow and to give generously, advancing the kingdom of God on earth so that I can accomplish all that you've called me to do in this life. Yay, yay, Lord. Yay, Lord. Yay, Lord. God, you are good. You are good, Lord. We worship you, God. You are a good God. And I go back to what we started in the beginning of the year, just talking about, Lord, our heart for this year is to live life from a place of total surrender. Total surrender. It's, it's not about us getting wealthy to advance me. It's to get wealthy to advance your purposes, to steward the kingdom finances so that your word can go out all over the earth and that many, many, many will be blessed as a result. Lord, that we would teach our kids these things and that they would see a real difference in the way, even from today, that we live our lives, that we're not living from a place of lack and not having anything, but we're living for a God who is a God of abundance and growth and his kingdom is always expanding and growing. Lord, we bless you today. We love you so much. This is all about you and your kingdom 
You've called us to be a trusted ambassador, steward of what you have given us to do on this earth. We bless you, God. Bless you, Lord. Thanks so much for listening to this week's message. Feel free to contact us for further resources at newhopecom.org.